having a conversation in the group chat okay. so i have to oppose i oppose i have to pose that question <laughs> to you Tron, because you are uh out the four of us you're the only one who has a complete album on album music right now <laughs> so it ain't this, easy it ain't easy and so therefore i'm gonna call you the expert in this field uh biting I know anytime you say Biden, it has a negative connotation to it. Is Jay-Z biting Biggie or is he paying homage? This is the thing. When it comes to this particular subject with Jay-Z, we have a history of knowing Jay-Z does not write his rounds, right? And as an artist, I have grown to learn, like, you, you, when you're trying to create something, and you're in a mode, you're going to try to intertwine things to build upon. So while we call Jay-Z so introspective and so lyrical, he's very good at entendres and, like, interpolating things. So I, if, if Jay-Z did not have so many other songs of him, and we know that Jay did, I would say, okay, he's biting a lot. But I think there's a very, um, there was a time where when Biggie did pass, he was in like the the fi- the fixture of kind of like being like a one A one B because Nas was still there, kind of being, and I think he just has a deep um, appreciation for Biggie, being that Biggie gave him that, gave him that look with Brooklyn Finest and how everything started with him. I just can't for Jay particular. I can't bring it to say Biden because he's so talented at a level to where he understands how to rap. Now, if it was like he redoing Biggie or he's reading lines and the song is predicated on those lines. He's, he says so much to where we're like, we're not even, unless we like how we are in depth listeners, we're not really thinking about all that. So I can't call it Biden, but I will say he does call on a lot of the of Biggie's references. He does call on a lot of those. And so when I was having this argument, I was like, all right, in the simplest form, he's biting. Not saying it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying if we have to call a spade a spade. Give give us an example of when he's biting, like a part right. of that. So one of my favorite shirts, it's a it's a it's a shirt that says Light Mike. Right. It has a picture of Michael Jackson's face, Michael Jordan's body, and Mike Tyson's glove. Right. If you listen to Negroes in Paris, right. Jay Z said, I'm liable to go Michael. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six. Right. Uh, in the victory song, Biggie says, uh, "Michael, that's, he, yeah." He said, "I'm." He said, "I'm. I'm Michael. Pick one. Uh, Jordan, Jackson, Tyson." That is that is direct correlation. All right, but he didn't. But the line is like, okay, all right. I see what you're saying there. <laughs> it, it's just it's just hard because like everyone then it's, then it's like okay, if that is the case, then everyone is biting each other. Everyone bites each other. Yes. That's, that's the case then. Because then it's like most people who are who we consider high ups consider him to be the god MC, quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? And right. for that to be the case, a lot of them call on him. So if he's calling on these things we're calling and like you said, on the base level, simplest form, it is considered it is considered biting, then everyone is biting. 
And another another point I want to make out. Okay, yes, hip hop is one of the original form of music. However, it is based off other genres in copying. Like literally, that's art take, though. Yeah, they'll just take a they'll take a track, loop it, rap over it. So you know what I'm saying. Hip hop is based off other things. I don't think his his rhyme scheme is based off. Again, because he does not write, I really feel like he just calls on those references because he because he, he remembers them well. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going into it like, yo, I'm going to use this biggie line to make this pop. Now, I think France, not just to bring him in this story, but I think France gets that flack because they think he's, clout, he's using that for clout for his rhymes. Jay-Z is so established to where he can do that, and it makes sense. And that's, that's where it gets confusing because, like, and the baseline of it, without all the without all the stats, without all the accolades, this person is about it. But if, then you think of the person, who they are, and what's going on, and what they're about. You're like, even if we didn't have that line in *Negroes in Paris*, the song would still be good. Fact. You get what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like I'm gonna chime in here, but I please, feel please. like with a to a certain extent, we gotta pay attention to the genre. Like you said, the genre of hip hop is. True based off of taking some adding sauce some flavor whatever else to it and then creating something new so i mean with jay and i'm not i mean to a certain extent i will say both jd jay contrary to popular popular belief he did bite a little bit but he also he didn't like just stay in that oh he bit like he he took a pinch here and it took a pinch there. But you know what I'm saying? Hip hop in its inception is a, you know, interpolation. Cause, you know, without disco and jazz and all this stuff, you wouldn't even have like rap music. So I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But Jay gonna get a pass because he Jay. So like anybody gonna you know. So somebody recently said this to me and I can't remember who it was and I wish I could, but in conversation that there was not a point in time where uh, Jay-Z was the number one rapper or like he was. Oh, yeah, it was. That was that so. you said that to me? No, I didn't, but there it wasn't that, no that, that's one true. point in time that he was it. The only time you could kind of say is the Black Album, and that's when he was retiring. But I don't know, everything man. else was just like. That, eh. Wait, what, album, the, what year was that, 04? Black Album was uh, 04. Yeah, 03, 04. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be the biggest than either. What Who about Fifty Cent? Nelly and uh, Fifty Cent. Fifty Nelly. Yeah, no, he he said it. Only for someone bigger than is, is M. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Pimp Juice and us. Yeah, he, he oh, even knew it. When 2000, when the Blueprint dropped, who was a bigger rap artist? I said, I said that that was my nice. same argument ja. to nah. that that conversation. But I I just thought it was interesting because you know everybody says that Jay Z is the goat. I don't agree yeah. with that. I don't agree with that. But if you ask anybody, I feel like they would say he's the goat. But at the same time, it's like for somebody to say that is like, damn, was he ever like? How can you be the goat and you wasn't the hottest rapper? Like that's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people like to argue LeBron versus LeBron. Michael Jordan, right? 
And my mm -hmm. my the reason why I say that Michael Jordan is the GOAT, and the in the same reason why I will say that Tom Brady is the GOAT, right? I'm from Hampton, so like when it comes to quarterback, it, it's Michael Vick. So, but no, you, you can't you can't really say that, man. Now you can't honestly I know, say I that. I can say it because it's my opinion, right? You can, but yeah. but you don't believe that shit. He don't mean it. No, no, I, I truly believe it. Yeah, oh, wow. that's cool. Ain't yeah. nobody better than Michael Vick. Oh wow! All right, but yeah, back to no. your point, Eric. My point, my point is, it's like. Okay, the highest prize in basketball and football is the championship, right? right. And both, like, um, Michael Jordan and and I'll say uh, Tom Brady. And I and I get granted, I hated Tom Brady. I, Tom Brady. I, I ain't never been a fan of Tom Brady until he went to Tampa Bay and won, and I just couldn't I couldn't deny it anymore because it's like if you've done if you've gotten the top spot multiple times, like people who hasn't had the top spot can't be in comparison, right? Like, like, yes, LeBron James is a great player, but he can't push a team to six championships, right? He could, and he had, he had ten tries. You know what I'm saying? Michael Jordan won every single time. Tom Brady didn't win every single time, but he won. Way more than he lost. Like it, it ain't even close. So it's like, for to bring it back to the the, the Jay Z conversation, it's like, how can you be the goat? And like, I, I just feel like if you the goat, there's nobody competing with you for the number one spot when it's your when you in your prime. Like there, it ain't even. Everybody know that it ain't even an option to beat you. Now with consistency, but with 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 jay-z now ain't nobody fucking with that over the span of time and the uh, amount of popularity right. he's had over the span of time so i give him that but i don't know he ain't my goat i'll just say that i mean it's, it's cool but my, what what i'm saying with jay he he the goat just by default like he be, he got this many grammy nominations because he became the default rapper you know what i'm saying it's like i don't know who to vote for but i know jay-z my like it's 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 shade it's it's inherent shade to it, but it's not meant to be shady. It's like, bruh, it's he's him. Like at the end of the day, he he became a moniker for the rap game. Like he made whatever Jay Z does, he makes it. And I'm not saying whatever Jay Z does, he makes it cool. I'm saying whatever Jay Z does, it then it, it's hard to explain. But he he he's like the the base base level of every rapper you see what i mean so it's like i'm not saying he's ever the best he ain't never been out there enough to be the best he don't take enough chances that's why he got kanye on his side because kanye take the chances jay jay moved different you know what I'm saying? he moved like all right they they eating this shit up like the whole migo rap shit and the auto-tune shit this nigga have been wrong a lot oh death of auto-tune future's the hottest rapper little baby the hottest rapper gunner the hottest rapper right now Auto tune up. You see what I mean? So it's like he, he Jay Z, bro. It's like you gotta oh. give that man due. He he is who he is. That's what it is. Anybody mad at him? But then again, he don't really. He ain't never. All right, how about this? What sauce has Jay Z brought to the game? As far as I want to do that, like Jay Z outside of business. Oh, I, I can definitely. I can answer this. 
and everyone would disagree. Okay, go ahead. The moniker best oh. rapper alive. Yeah. That started with Jay-Z. Say, it did start with him. Lil Wayne, the Black Album came out. Jay-Z was supposed to retire. Lil Wayne said, the best rapper live, dot, 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 since the best rapper retired. One, that's you saying Lil Wayne brought the sauce. And then two. No, 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 no. Like, Lil, niggas Jay-Z always brought rapping the about being the best and rapper. Then, and then Lil Wayne brought, but no one just flat out on it. Like in interview, yeah, interview they're like, yeah, I'm the best. I'm the best. But on a track, Jay-Z's like the best rapper alive. Best yeah. rapper alive. Man, what's the... Come on, think about one it. One of the first rap songs is about... Uh, the King of Rock, Ain't Done Higher. Suckers MCs Might Call Me Sire. Yeah, my kingdom, like, might need the first fire. rap songs is about I'm the best rapper. You know, like, that's the, that's how rap started. Like, I'm, I, I, can, I think, I can I think rap it better than you. Like a, when Jay-Z, back to your point about him being bass level, when Jay-Z started coining it, it became like, okay, let's make it a metric. And let's, let's like, try to compile a list. Mm-hmm. I think we already had, like, a personal list, but I think, like, the publication started taking into yeah. consideration. So, because at the end of the day, hip hop is still young. Right? This time is what, 30 years in, 20 years in, I think? Almost 40. Uh, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's about 40. During the time yeah, yeah. of during, during Jay uh, yeah, but probably 30, 30. 30, maybe at the most. Right? So it's still 30, like, 40. I mean, like 30, the, 20, 30. Yeah, we're still giving it, it's still a baby to where it's like, no one's compiling a list of a 30 year old genre. So Jay Z gets in the four way, and I was like, we should pay attention to these people and start. Start listing them in a, in a hierarchy because Jay Z is the base level, right? Yeah, I, I feel like he's like that's what I said. It's he he the baseline for it all. So it's like how he he kind of like to your point of Tom Brady. I wouldn't say Jordan. Jordan was an anomaly and great. Tom Brady is like how, he keep winning. Like I right, well if like if you ain't gonna beat him, if you're not gonna beat Tom Brady, you're not gonna win. Well, let me, let me, let me correct myself real quick before. Some hip hop heads slide in my DMs. Hip hop, hip hop. LL Cool J do have a song where he coined the phrase oh, "greatest go. of all time." Yeah, he, he created "Go," but Jay Z started the best rapper alive. Yeah, and there's so, a difference. Uh, that's what I said. I mean, that's all. That's been since the inception of hip hop. Like I, I'm pretty well, sure now, it was they, on that uh hip hop, hippity hip hop. Nah, so <laughs> I was saying I'm the best MCs or sucker MCs and MCs bow down to me. No one ever say you're on the best rapper ever alive. Like I'm the best rapper alive. J uh LL Cool J said greatest of all time, but was he talking about rap? I'm you sure know? if we go back rapper alive, we'll find somebody who else who said it, but I think to the degree of magnitude of stardom, probably Jay Z. No, nah, no, nah, I mean it wasn't a it wasn't a metric, but I don't know. I don't for the record though, I don't really I would say he did bite, but it wasn't overzealous. Because even if you look at Drake, Drake with the whole rapping forte and all this shit, it's like you gotta pay homage because that's hip hop in in inception. It's like, bro, you gotta, you know what I'm saying? You gotta shout out the people that came before you, and you know your peers and all this stuff. Like, oh no, no, that's, Drake that's definitely went the, the rapping boot camp in Houston. <laughs> I, 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 real quick, uh, Napoleon, we getting feedback from you this like this whole time. So, uh, oh damn, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, damn, I'm still, still good. Feedback. You can still hear me? Now nah, we can still hear you. Okay, okay. But yeah, I was gonna say. Also, I think when we talk about hip hop and paying homage, 
that's more for me that's like a lower fandom level but when it comes to lyricism and artistry i think we have to consider that same thing with like basketball football you had to model a game but i think in hip-hop if you were to be like okay don't borrow no one's scheme don't borrow from nobody we getting hip hippity hop you don't know, so we're getting some nursery rhyme schemes which turns into mumble rap which turns into auto-tune rap because all right, if I'm not going to borrow from these people so I don't bite, how do I create a scheme? How do I create a cadence? How do I create a flow? These things take some type of source to create from. So we're going to go blame, which gives credit to artists from Atlanta because they really create their own flows. When I hear Baby, when I hear Gunna, Future, Thug, it reminds me of more of a lullaby melody scheme that they turn into a trap symphony rap song. You know what I'm saying? And like that takes a lot more creativity than like, I'm going to rap better than Biggie, rap better than Jet Rocket. But see, the thing about that is like they, uh, I, now I love taking credit for all of that because I'm from Georgia. You know what I'm saying? No, and, for real. They got it. But, they got but, it. They got but Lil Wayne is the father of, in no. my opinion, Lil Wayne is the father of, of like this, this generation. Yeah, this generation right now, like, all of these, the rock star lifestyle, the drug use and rapping and singing about that stuff or singing on track. Now, now, granted, that's Wayne. huh? That's Wayne. Yeah. Like now, now granted though, because the singing in hip hop started back way, it did start in Georgia. Like if we go back to Outkast and Goody Mob, you know what I'm saying? Right. The Kilo Ali and all of those, like they have been singing, like they have been doing that. So, I, I kind of take back what I said. It's just like I'll say I more so say that Lil Wayne has definitely influenced like um I don't know, he's influenced this wave of music, but the singing and stuff was kind of always there. You know, the interesting thing about all this I was saying with the negativity aspect of the subject content, trap music actually is positive music because it's actually I'm going to be like a, a, a music nerd or audio file here, but it's actually because of the 808s, it um, creates a vibration frequency that is positive for the person in this remnant of like how we used to make Negro spirituals. So like trap music is like our new version of Negro spirituals. <laughs> yeah. Like you had me that's... until you said that because no. Think, think about it like this. No. Think about this. Like, like, think about when you think about I'm not saying it is the Negro Spirits. What I'm saying is it's the concept of how it becomes a, a type of communication that creates a, a form line of cooperation that we well, all subscribe to. Well, the reason why I say no is because it's like it's like from a vibrational standpoint, it's the it's very low. Like it is. It's it's like it's it's but the eight oh eight the eight oh eight in that of the song of, of the music. No, I'm I'm saying like that it vibrates very low. Like one of the one of the reasons why Kanye West did Sunday service is because he wanted to put put out high vibration music to can like kind of like combat like I don't want to go super deep into it or whatever. No, I get you. No, go ahead and go deep, man. I know I know what you're saying. Right, 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 right. I get you saying. Yeah, but all in all, like to that point, I think the South, you know, this the the separation of music to where they're able to um, incorporate their roots and still elevate and evolve it is why they're at the top. And then when we get to the coming of Jay-Z being the go, I think, like you said, Napoleon's just the 
Monica, a rapper, you you correlate with Jay Z to the point to where it's like it's just gonna be a staple. Same thing you correlate basketball with Jordan. We're just going to yeah, right. We're just going to for for however long it lasts. Yeah, Jay Z is like the Jerry West of rap. Like his, his why he is the logo. His, his, <laughs> his, <laughs> that was there was some shade, but there was also there was also like. <laughs> Right, it's like, bro, you can't help but fuck with this man. Like, I don't care if you fuck with this man or not. You fuck with this man. Try not to. Like, he is the logo. He is gonna the like him or you gonna like him. What's, what's like, there's no way around it. Like, <laughs> like no, that's why I say it's like. Uh, I don't know, but he's friend to like American Gangster. I'm from New York, and I I I, I listen to more like like backpack rap underground stuff and i was like this stuff is cool but like i don't really feel that rap like i like biggie big one of my favorite like, i was like biggie i felt jay like it seemed it sounds cool but i didn't like it it takes like american gangster i'm like i get the creativity aspect of what this man is doing and then i went back and listened like oh this man really can rap but then i but even for me i wasn't always listening i was listening to 50 cent more of those than jay-z at that time but that's my age time, that's my time frame. So when I was growing up, so it's like, you got, I don't know if it's a thing of, like you said, just appreciating hip hop and he just is that person, or if it's like a a populated interest to where people just is enough enough to where you're like, he's just a fixture. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting because he's going to always be somebody that, as long as he's around, we're going to correlate him with the culture. Yeah. And in, even yeah. when he's gone, honestly, like, yeah. it's probably going to happen. Oh, yeah. Even more when he gone, cause it's like I mean, hey, hey, you can't deny that. Hey, but there, here's another thing that you can't deny. This is my homeboy Napoleon, and this Here. is my homeboy Twan, and this is my homeboy E Money Bag Eric. Oh well, hey. I, was, I had sent it that way so you can introduce us to to Frankie. No, I'm no, sorry, no, 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 my, my homeboys podcast. podcast. And this is <laughs> the one and only, man. You know what I'm saying? Morehouse Finest. Put your M's up. HBCU life, son. You know what I'm talking about? We out here. Out. Trying mm-hmm. the sagas. Hey. As I said earlier, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora. Google Play, Pandora, Deezer. Google Play, YouTube. SoundCloud, all of that. Okay, okay, okay. I got it on the, <laughs> I got it. I burned it to a cassette tape earlier for your old school uncles. Vinyl. <laughs> I, I hey, do it all. Hey, this might be a shot, but I ain't, you know, I ain't really sending no shots. Whenever I, I, I you know, I always thought of Morehouse men as short haircut dudes, like with tuxes or, or like, <laughs> Or like uh, <laughs> lawyer suits on. Tuxes? Hey, y'all, are really, tuxes. <laughs> y'all are really challenging that, and I appreciate that. My boy Twan yeah. got braids. My boy Twan got, got locks, man. Trying to keep this trying for Samson going, you feel me? Trying to keep up Samson, you feel me? I thought they only this did that at Alabama touch. State. <laughs> my hey, yo, yo, I actually learned how to drive in Alabama State. Funny story. My first time driving was at Alabama State. Oh, really? What you was doing yeah, down shout there? Shout out Aha. Huh? What you was doing down there? I was with my homeboy Aha. Shout out DJ Aha. amazing. And we were out there driving. I never learned how to drive. I'm from New York. And he was like, yo, I'm just trying to drive, bro. And we driving on um, this Citrus minivan. We was there for Thanksgiving. And we went to ASU trying to find a move, even though it was the break. And we were driving in the parking lot. 
It was terrible. Did you but go to the Turkey Day Classic? We were trying to, we missed it. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because there's every Thanksgiving, there's an event that happens at Alabama State, and that's the Turkey Day Classic. So, if you Campus ever... Campus is nice, though. Huh? Campus is nice, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to upgrade. So, you learn how to drive late in life? Like, so what... So what was it like? You was like, I don't, I never understood how people can be from New York and not know how to drive. I get it. I conceptually <laughs> I understand. You're living in New York. You can walk wherever the fuck you need to, or the catch like, train. yeah, or catch a train. It's like not really that. The furthest you're gonna go is five blocks. However, yeah. could you give a breakdown of what it was? What's it like in New York? Like being able to walk everywhere, then getting on a college campus where it's like, ah, damn, I really could use a car. I need a whip. Um, yeah. being in New York, you know, you just realize like, after so long that you're not, I think it's sort of where you, where you are in New York, right? So if you're in your neighborhood and everything's in proximity, you know, you may go around maybe like a 10 block radius where like I can get food, clothes, et cetera, et cetera, on the go much besides school. And I think with the metro system being such a big um, deal in New York City, it's integrated into everything we do to where the point to where it's like, is just deemed more convenient. And then you gotta consider traffic. And it's like, you know, most people just feel like being in traffic is not worth it unless they are trying to drive in and out of the state. People do drive in New York still, but then parking is so terrible, you know, parking to where it's like trash. parking is so bad to where it's like you could spend two, three hours trying to find a parking spot just to get home. You know what I'm saying? I I've I've experienced that many times. And these are things that again, you can still happen anywhere, but in New York it's just like more likely than it should be to where you're like, I can just take the train for all that, you know? So I think those things. A friend of mine told me they parked their car two or three blocks away from the house. Yeah, you're going to have to walk roads. You're going to have to walk. Like, and, that's what's going to happen. And then they have to go back to their car and move it to the opposite side of the street. So it doesn't get a ticket of the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hassle, you know? It's a, it's, a, it's a necessity that turns into a liability and it's a tax. So where the point was, like, unless you really are on your game, like, my folks, they've always had cars since I was growing up. They would do that. They had to get up every other day between each other and get up, move the car around. Some days, they spend two, three hours trying to find a spot because everyone's doing it. You're playing musical spots. It's, it's bad, you know. So um, we just, I just traveled, you know, taking the train and bus, um, and it was, just, it was just the norm. And, you know, you get the school pass, you get the three free rides, so you're going wherever you want, train, not paying for it. You know, at that time as well, it was, it's, che- it's cheaper to go on the train because it's like, what, a dollar, two dollars, something like that. It just made more sense. And, you know, so then you get down here and, um, oh, my bad, that's me. And then um, um, you get back and then um, you get down here, you're just like, damn, like Walmart is not close by or I can't go to the bodega or whatever. And then after a while, I had to realize I got to learn how to drive. And my mom was like, oh, I'll teach you. And it was hard to, I guess, figure out the mechanics of driving because you were like, you understand it has to move, but it was like, all right, how do I stop? How do I like time these things? So that was mainly my issue, which is timing. And after a while, you just kind of have to do it, I guess. And then now I drive. So You know, you, you, I, I want to take this moment to – Take a shot at you, New Yorkers, because y'all really like I when when listen, listen, when people talk about the traffic being fucked up in Atlanta, I immediately point my finger at New Yorkers because y'all are y'all are like 
first of all, y'all migrating down here, right? Yep. And like, y'all come down here not knowing how to drive, and you learn down here. Like so, we are aggressive and defensive at the same time. Hey we man, listen, I'm I'm fucking riding in this Uber one time, and this dude is from New York, and I'm telling you, in the in the fucking one trip, he almost hit three people. Two people was fucking <laughs> walking in the parking fall. lot. It's their fault. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, do you know you getting paid to drive right now, right? You know, you like you're you're technically a limousine driver right now. You can't like, be driving aggressive like you would be with nobody. Like I'm paid for this ride. Do you like you know what I'm saying? They in the way. Shout out dude. to my home for air. It was a limousine, but not taxi. <laughs> I got you. I, I feel you, bro. I feel you. <laughs> Eric said, I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. Let me spill my yak. Hey, my oh, life yeah. is important to somebody. Nigga, casually. <laughs> casually. Just casually. Bro, you driving a limousine right now, bro. <laughs> it wasn't a limousine. You know, I was just. <laughs> uh, oh, no, we know. Yeah. Nah, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, like, I, I get it, though. I get it at the end of the day. Because it's like, bro, if, if I had a choice. And that might be the part of me that always wanted to live in a big city. I wouldn't drive nowhere. If I could, like, I would, I, if I lived in New York, I wouldn't even buy a car. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, you could take the train to go everywhere. I'd probably be in much better shape, too, because nigga, I walk, you know, and you really, you really got to run in the winter because it's like, it's cold as fuck. So it's like, think about it. Walk, very fast walk, very fast walk. New Yorkers walk everywhere. In Timberlands, so all right. Only, you know, <laughs> so immaculate. Yes, <laughs> Bro, I had I had a coworker man at a job where I stood up, where we stood up the entire shift, and he was. I'm like, this nigga gotta be from New York. He wore Tims every day, bro. Like, and I'm like, bro, how we stand up for eight hours? How the fuck are you doing that in Timberland boots, bro? Like. Thirty. <laughs> that shit crazy. Hey, and did that go play basketball and shit at Tim's? <laughs> Got the, the Yo, bro. Getting shook with somebody in ankle socks and Tim's, bro. Scary <laughs> hours. Hey, uh, what made you? What made you go to Morehouse? Um, I actually, my friend Ian, he um recommended it to me. I was like in a small school. It's funny that we're in a big city, but I ended up going to a small school through my middle school and then branching off to high school. And then, like, from there, I was basically going to stay in New York originally and just, like, do city college and work. My plan was to play Yu-Gi-Oh! or GameStop at that age. I was 17. So, I was like, I'm going to play Yu-Gi-Oh! and work GameStop. That was my shit. And then, like, my homie, Ian was like, I'm going to Morehouse, going to Morehouse. And I would always go to Atlanta back and forth every summer with my family because I have a lot of family here. Um, but I never really went to Morehouse campus. I went to Mark, uh, Dr. King's Memorial, but I never went to the school. And then from there, I just really realized my interest aligned better with that school because I was into like foreign politics and stuff like that at that time. And I applied. I applied to like other schools, um, but I really didn't get any responses back when I didn't get in. But Morehouse was the only school that for real, like I felt like, oh, oh, forgetting. So I was supposed to go to school in Florida. At first, um, because I had, like a scholarship there through Rosewood. I don't know if you know that movie, uh, mm -hmm. Rosewood. So I feel like descendant of that of those people. So like we have a scholarship 
I guess like a form of reparations, you would say. Oh, damn. Right. Yeah. So I was supposed to go to school in Florida, but I didn't know much about schools in Florida. I was going to actually apply to um, FAMU, but I didn't know what it was. It was like in the book. I don't know if you remember those books that told you the schools. But yeah. reading the books at the school, like Florida, Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University, like, I'm not going to go here. So, I, But that was FAMU. I'm sitting there reading the book, literally about the plot of the school. <laughs> literally, literally. And what's even crazier is when I get to Morehouse, um, my homie Aha was talking about, who told me how to drive, he was going to go to FAMU to hoop. We were going to meet, we were going to both go to the same school at the same time, but I just ended up not going because Ian was like, yo, um, the school Morehouse, it's an old boy school, to, um, school, but like you got Spelman down the street, you got Clark, it's all black. And at that time, like, I was really trying to figure out myself as a young black man also, like going and being in New York is the melting pot, you know what I'm saying? It's real cultural. We got our people in our, in our culture and our, our um, communities, but like I was going to the school mostly like Hispanics, stuff like that. So I never really had like, a full black experience also. And I think that was the intriguing part for me was being with my people like all the time. I, and, I always love asking that question and getting the response because I didn't think about none of that shit when I was getting ready yeah. to go to college. Like yeah. I, I was like, I was a band head and I was going to be in the band. I knew I wanted to be in a black college band. And like, I was going to go to FAMU because I was in love with FAMU band at the time. And I had... I had seen what they um uh what they tuition was and I was like, nah, I ain't going there. I wanna go to Bethune <laughs> Cookman seen their tuition and then um the shirt stayed on the rack. <laughs> 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 hey, I uh <laughs> but I, I ended up going to Alabama State and I love Alabama State. That was one of the, probably the best decisions I have ever made. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But let's get back to Morehouse. <laughs> it's always terrible to have two Morehouse niggas on the podcast. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think my first time in the Morehouse band, I think we played ASU. I think that was the first time I was. We had. I did my first. Um, oh, you was in the band? Yeah, it was like a year, a year stint. My first year, I was in the band with Morehouse. Okay, what, what instrument? I played on uh, bass drum. Okay, okay. I yeah, see you, you know, you know, doing the, you know, the cheering and all that stuff when I talked about band, but I was like, I just thought you, you was thinking band was lit. I didn't know you was in the band. That's what's up, man. Oh, nah, man. I, yeah, man. I did the classic and everything. And that was the best and worst moment of my life was doing the classic against Howard, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Band, band in college is, is, it's a lot, man. Like even we get a lot of respect on the campus because people see us do the work. Like, like, Bad. yeah, like, and when it come to like practice, you know what I'm saying? Like, we practice all day long. Like, it ain't no, it ain't no joke. So it was, it was that was a part of the heart. That was probably a major reason why I ain't graduate um, from college because it's like it's it's it was very hard to balance that. Did you audition to get on the band? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I did not audition to get on the band. My shit was definitely like drumline. I feel you. Yeah, I, I had I had a band scholarship and a school of music scholarship. So all right. Yeah. yeah. So Tron, I got a question for the little for the stint that you did in band. Do you feel like it influenced your like musical sound? Did you start making music before, after you was in the band, or like how, how did that work? Yeah, um, that's what I was saying. Like it was really like drumline, which is even funnier because like the way I got into the band wasn't like a, yo like I wanted to go into the band like Eric did the actual way about it because his music was received to what he wanted to play. I studied theory and I did um, 
classical band in high school, but I never thought about doing a marching band, actual um, HBCU band when I went to Morehouse. House. I was in a history of jazz class with the band director at the time, Dr. Gaines, and we were talking about music and he was like intrigued by my answer. He was like, yo, you study music? I'm like, yeah. And he was like, yo, um, do you play music? I'm like, yeah. So what instrument do you play? I play drums, euphonium, violin, X, Y, and Z. He's like, come to practice at four o'clock. It's like, for what? He was like, just come to practice. Like, okay, come to practice. There was only three bass drums. He was like, yo, pick up the drum. I'm yeah, like, it was okay. Morehouse. I was, yo, I was in the band. I was in the band. It was Morehouse. Like, they was, they, I'm, I'm telling you, they was actively, I, I, that makes sense that they was actively recruiting of. Uh, uh, actual person in school, like you know, like the larger bands like Bama State, and yeah. you, you know, yeah. they recruit before the season start and before people get to college. But continue, you know, so I just yeah, like, so but it was awesome. Everyone else there came there for the band, they came there for the same reason Eric went to school for it, and um, that's when I realized how much I appreciated composition. Um, that's what's which I really predicate my music on. Um, I was actually trying to. Get Dr. Gaines to play certain songs. I was like, yo, because like we have, I think we had one against Clark, and they started flipping like the current music. We kept doing like Pretty Bound Eyes and shit like that. So I kept fucking up, by the way. I kept fucking up the drum, the drum pattern. But anyways, <laughs> we were, we were um, saying your honesty, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Because like that, that third was killing me. But anyways, like, um, I was trying to get them to play different music and shit, and he was like, nah, we gonna keep going as Y and Z, and then we played Clark, and Clark did the same song I told him to play. And he was like, oh, um, we'll come back to it. And then from there, I just realized how much I want to be able to control the sound. Like, I could rap, but, like, if the sound's not right to me, I feel like it's not going to give the soundscape states where it's going to sound right. And then from there, um, I just I applied it to my music. Because after the band, I started making music. Like, I was, I was mixing songs in high school, not for real. But um, after that, I started making music for real, and I started rapping. All right, for I got a question. First, first song, do you remember it? I ever made or ever performed? No, the first song you made ever. My first, <laughs> the first song I ever made was um called it was a freestyle to Birdman's Fire and Flame. Okay, what a freestyle to Birdman? What Birdman's Fire and Flame? I called myself Dennis Frost, so it was it was not good. I recorded it on a, a gaming headset actually, a Turtle Beach headset. It was not good. <laughs> Man, you still got it. Yeah, I, it's on SoundCloud. I, it's on. You can pull it up. I, I ain't afraid. Oh, SoundCloud, it's there. You got like, like fifty plays. What's your SoundCloud? What's your sound? Drop the SoundCloud right here so everybody can hear it. So then we'll go, I, I want to go hear it. Type in, type in Young Smalls featuring Twigger, Flamethrower. It's gonna be a fourth quarter M on SoundCloud. It's only on SoundCloud because the old song came out what like twenty fifteen. That was my first song. I thought I was doing it. And then I, I realized, like, okay, I want to sound like me. <laughs> I want to sound like how I, I would approach their music. You know, how, how would I approach this? This don't sound like me. I was trying to rap like somebody else. And from there, I just kept making other songs with them. I wasn't, like, predicated on being a rapper. I was always around, like, I guess because the morale and how I was able to connect with people. And I would make songs with the homies that were making music. And then, like you said, with the band, I met my homie Aston. He was rapping for real out of high school. And then we made our first song, um, Comfortable. Uh, we were rapping freestyle, but we had made our first song, Comfortable. We did a video in Atlantic Station. And then from there, like people with morals and AC were like, are we fucking with this? And started doing shows and shit like that. And then from there, I started doing more stuff in Atlanta. And that's when I started really making music. 
So I really started making music when probably like 2016 when I really started doing it for real. Okay, okay, that's what's up. No, I, I, pre- I appreciate you sharing because, like, yeah, I did, I did want to like kind of ask you, gave me answers that I couldn't have asked. Right, questions I got you. too. So, now I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm so what, to... where, where your sound at now? Like, I know, I mean, the first song, I ain't gonna say it's trash or horrible or anything like that because you know, it's it, you gotta do it though. You know you gotta, what I'm saying? Gotta do like, it. I, like I haven't heard it, but I know in your head you're probably like, "Yeah, it's, this is horrible." I don't, don't, don't judge me <laughs> off of this. <laughs> listen to my new shit, then listen to my old shit. So I listen to together. inspiration to inspire me. <laughs> to, to <keep laughs> right. going. Yeah, exactly. Hey, that, that's actually funny because as like a music <laughs> listener, like if ever I, I find an artist like that's like you know what I'm saying like five years into their career, right? And I enjoy them. I the, I hate the idea of going back and listening to their old shit because it's like what? I, I, yeah, because I know who you are now, and like I don't want to go back and be turned off by your old shit. That was like I'm yeah. the opposite. I love like bro. Yeah, I'm the I gotta go opposite. back. I gotta get, go back and see the growth. Yeah, I I like to hear the like the rawness, the organic shit. It's like oh, okay, this is where this came from. Like you you hear the. I don't know. To me, I love hearing like how it came about. It's just like, like even talking about how we were talking about rap music and hip hop. Like listening to rap, rap and hip hop now is cool. But then sometimes I go back and hear some old shit. You like, bro, this is yay before yay or Cuddy before Cuddy or future before future. Like it's like it's been here. It's just the motherfucker ain't stand on it like like they standing on it now. So it to me that's like kind of like crazy when I hear it. So. I like I enjoy going back listening to bad music, quote unquote bad music. <laughs> not to see best. how, how not see the, the growth and shit like that. <laughs> now nah, I, I feel you because okay, earlier uh, Antoine asked me who my goat was and I ain't get to ask answer because you know the conversation moved, but uh Kendrick Lamar is actually my goat. Like I know people be like, oh, he ain't been in there long enough and like he hasn't proven himself, but like the amount as a musician, the and and a fan of jazz, the thing that he's done in rap music already in the short span, like is he's my goat. He sub, he cemented his place as my goat. But like when I first found him, you know, like I found him in Good Kid, Mad City, and like I was like I was fucking feeling that shit, and I knew he had like um. Uh, um, section 80 and yeah section 80. 80 and what was the previous uh, one AD, uh, ADHD ADHD no, overly no, dedicated yeah. Huh? yeah 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 and like so I'm like I ain't going back in the listening cause I really fucking love like good kid mad city and then one day I just listened I was like this nigga been fire since day one like he's been that good since his first album like there of course there's there's growth because there's like different collaborations and like you know like uh the thing about like uh to pimp a butterfly that made it so dope with me is because like he had he, he made that album with like Terrace Martin and Robert Glasper like who are also like two of my favorite musicians and like so they just you know it just it's a whole another art piece of body of work so that's but i i i said that to say like up i guess i am getting to the point where i'm like i I do want to listen to the old shit but i used to be resistant of it like because like i said like if i'm if i hear your music and i'm a fan of you right now like the sound that you you know what i'm saying the growth 
it's like it's almost like I don't want to go back and listen to the old stuff and get turned off. I oh, I don't want to be like I, I I already like you. You know what I'm saying? I already like this body of work. You know, and you go listen to the old stuff when they still figuring themselves out, or you know what I'm saying? You ain't even you you just hadn't. You hadn't went through the growth. Now I'm all good for seeing the growth while it happens. You know what I'm saying? I'm all good for seeing a person at the beginning of the journey and like following through. But if I meet you later on, I ain't trying to go back. That's just me though. You selfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel- I have like a I have like a mixture of both, like between like Bo and Eric, like the ones that I came and listened to when they first started. I think I'm. I can listen to because it has some place of um, sentimental value. Of course, of like also with my like just growing with it. But like if I find somebody new and I catch them out there, like they they in their bag or they they get into the hype. Not saying I'm jumping on the bandwagon, but I catch them and their song was like coming over because like I listen to a lot of like you said like either samples or other music different bands or listen to older catalogs more than like finding what's hot because like either I feel like I'm gonna hear it in the club, I'm gonna hear it if I'm gonna listen to the radio. I'm gonna, it's gonna find some way to me. But I'm, I find myself listening to older stuff more because I want to remember it or a lyric may come to my mind or something, something will remind me of it when I'm listening to it. But the newer stuff, if I catch you at that peak, I'm not going to try to dig into like what you have. Like Roddy Rich, for example. I'm not going to go back to listen to Feed the Streets 1 unnecessarily when I heard Please Excuse Me Antisocial. Yeah. That's cool with me. You feel me? I'm going to listen to that. I'll try, now let's tap into Live Life Fast because that's what's next. But I'm not going to go back just because I want to figure out how you sounded before. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm more on like both sides of that too. And it's it, it's really only for rap music because it's yeah. like because rap music when when people first start rapping it's kind of like you know what we was talking about like the biting conversation when you first getting into rapping the way you're rapping is like is really what you've seen or what you're a fan of before you before you find yourself and you like all right I started out practicing rapping like Jay Z. Or like exactly. Lil Wayne, and then it's like, okay, I can I got the basic fundamentals of rap, but I'm finna rap like Eric. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm finna exactly. And like if I find you when you rapping like Eric, I ain't trying to see you when you was rapping like Lil Wayne or you was rapping like Jay Z, cause that's I don't know that I feel like that happens more with rap music than it does with any other kind of music because I feel like it's more pressure to like. Um, I feel like in rap, it's more pressure to make music that everybody will accept than there is in other genres where you can just make music that you like. You know what I'm saying? I like, feel like you're saying that because you can identify it more in rap. But no matter what, I mean, imitation is the first form of like artistry. You got to be able to first. imitate the greats and then, you know, create your own. So they, they the do that still. with... I mean, they do that with comedy. They do it with fucking country music. They do it with any anything. So you got to be able to at least, you know what I'm saying, imitate. That's the first test. Can I imitate this till I feel comfortable with my imitation? Then after you imitate it, then you go on to something else as far as like art, painting, and all that stuff. Like Pablo Picasso is imitating like the, you know, uh, no, like I'm not saying Africans that there's a problem. Shit and stuff like that. I'm not saying that there's a problem with imitation or or like because art imitates life you know what i'm saying i'm not saying that there's a problem with it i'm just saying that like with rap there's a whole much there's a whole other thing that goes on in rap that 
that go doesn't go on in other music. Like it's not so much a part of meaning like in rap, like you got to rap about names for the most part. You got to rap about certain things that are cool and popular, like that people will like in other forms of music. You can just sing about what the fuck you want to sing about. You know what I'm saying? Like, and because it sounds no, good. Country music, you got to sing about your truck and your dog and your girl. I don't listen to country music, though. So, <laughs> you know so, what I'm saying? I mean, you that's should. what I said. It's you the same. listen to country music. You'll appreciate it. I love some country music. Yeah, it's dope, man. If you, 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 you like country music, it's down really. They sing about the inner workings and damn, I got to fix my water heater and shit like that. Speaking oh, of God. Biden, some of your favorite R&B songs. Our country songs. Our country songs. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm sure it's vice versa. But I'm just saying, like, (laughs) (laughs) no, seriously. uh, But no, what I wanted to say, uh, two things. Uh, Napoleon, you you messed up the quote. You said, you said, said, imitation is the first form of flattery. I'm gonna let you Google the real quote later. (laughs) No, no, no. I didn't say. I said artistry. artistry. First form of artistry. Like you got to be able to imitate. No, 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 no. no. Before that, he, he 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 started the quote, but he said first form. He definitely, yeah. I'll let you listen to it on a playback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and number and two, your second point. The second point, uh, just just to go back to the Biden just a little bit, um, and the the pressure that we put on hip hop nowadays. Uh, I was listening to an interview with Kid and Play, and Kid job was to write all the lyrics. He wrote for him, him he wrote for Kid and Play, he wrote for Salt and Pepper, and he wrote for some of the other acts. He wrote all the lyrics. Everybody else performed them. And so it, I don't know when the, the switch came to where, oh, if you're rapping, you need to write all your own, own bars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, and it's like, okay, I'm not saying that I think that you should, you should let people write for you, but there's, there's, there's like a greater level of music that comes with co- collaboration. It's like, you know, like even when I spoke about like Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly, like none of I'm I know that Kendrick wrote all of those raps, but to pair his raps with like Robert Glasper and Terrace Martin's music, you know, like their jazz, you create a whole nother thing. But like, I don't know, it's 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 like in rap music. It's it's more it's more controlled by ego than it is about like creativity, in my opinion. So like I just I see it different and I and I judge it different. That's why I like like I can listen to a, a R and B artist or like a a singer and and look back at their old stuff. Like I can I can do that because. I know they're not making uh, music under that pressure, in my opinion. But I could be wrong. I mean, I, my whole point is re, is re, when I rebuttal anything you say is I don't want I'm standing up for rap music. I'm standing you. up for hip hop. So that's that's the, my main thing. I get your point and I, do I, I don't think you're trying to say rap is a subpar <laughs> genre or not an actual real genre, but people tend to try to say that because it is from inception kind of based off of interpret interpolations. So I'm just trying to defend that. But as long as we good on that ground, I'm I'm good. I got you. I, I no disrespect for hip hop. That's more what I said is more like um more empathy for hip hop. 
Like it's more empathy for the artist because I know that there's a there's a higher level of pressure of like like being popular than it is to like just be able to be creative because it's it's like I mean all music has to be popular for you to make money off of it, right? But yeah. I just feel like there's more pressure on rap artists or hip hop artists to like have other people approve of them for them to continue making music. You know what I'm saying? Or to to feel like they want to continue making music because it's like that's that's kind of like what your success is based off in hip hop. I I just feel that that comes along with been hip hop and trying I mean you being a resident rapper in this conversation or or hip hop artist in this conversation do you do you feel like there's pressure like that or am I am I just missing it you know what I'm saying because I could be wrong I think it's a dependency depending on what whether you're chasing that idea of being an established hip hop artist or an artist period or you're coming into it just to make money I think when we get into the idea of expectations of a um, successful artist, it looks a lot like you making the hit songs and making money. But everyone's idea of success can be different also. You yeah. know, some people like like a currency or the currency. Currency may not have hella number ones, but he's consistent. He has a uh, dedicated fan base and he still raps. You know, he, he, he has felt the pressures at one point in time with creating a big album, but you got to be able to be comfortable on your own skin to know that maybe that's not what you want to do. I think as a whole, Again, it goes back to the idea of hip hop still being relatively new. That we're starting to become truly the mainstream, to where like how, like I said, pop stars can sing about their lives or their their ups and downs, and it's just a hit. Country, folk, R and B, rap. We wanted coolness. We wanted yeah. gangster. We wanted we wanted hip hop bling bling. We wanted ringtone. You know, we somehow always get subgenred into the genre of rap to make it popularized. We got yeah. mumble rap. We got trap. You know what I'm saying? It's never like we appreciate hip hop as a whole. We don't go into I like bubblegum pop. We like pop music as a whole. So I think when you get into that as an artist, not to, I know you have, you have to um, um, reply, but not when you get into it as an artist, especially as an independent artist or a new artist, again, back to the inspirations and foundation of what you're doing it for and how you get into this. If you're modeling yourself after an artist who who went through those hurdles and got to that point and they succeeded and your pitfalls and your um your ups and downs and your sessions are not the same it may blur the idea of you doing it for the art and the passion of it and so you not succeeding so it all comes down to a perspective of how you're trying to do this as well but i do think overall there is a pressure because we're becoming more popular day day by day and and i feel like hip-hop might be <laughs> the most oppressed music genre meaning like the people the the powers that be that control like how hip-hop is delivered to the mass choose what type of hip-hop music is popular and what Facts. what what type meaning like you know you you mentioned like gangster rap trap all of that thing all of those things like the 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 gatekeepers control that you know what i'm saying so like that's that's also kind of going into what i was saying earlier because like you as an artist if you want popularity like if you want your music to be heard by people like you have to you have to make that type of music versus like other genres where they don't 
you know, like, yes, music is a business, but there's not an agenda attached to the business like there is for hip hop music. Like, it's, it's, it's always an agenda attached to business. So, I, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying, I mean, like, like they're they're not using they're not using country music to try to to poison a mass or a certain amount of people. Like they're not using country music. Like the main focus of it is not to keep black people poor or like have black people aligned to shit that's not healthy for them. Like crime and and spending money on on like shit that, for, that on liabilities. Yeah, like I, that. I, Go ahead. I feel I, like I you're defending say... hip hop, and I'm not. I'm not attacking hip hop. I'm just acknowledging shit oh, no, that's no, happening. No, no. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Not that. This ain't got shit to do with hip hop. This or I, yes, it absolutely is within the realm of hip hop. Our disagreement doesn't have any. In this point, doesn't have anything to do with hip hop. Uh, earlier, Tron had said something about the 808s, and then you had said something about um, the the messaging. So. Tron, I agree with to a certain point, and I'm after I get done talking, y'all will see what I'm saying. But <laughs> Tron had made a point, <laughs> and bass chakra or low vibrational music opens you up. It opens up your chakras and things like that. So you're able to receive a message. Now, if you within yourself aren't able to, to receive it, to uh, no, to you're gonna receive it, but if you're not able to filter it. Ah, you're not going to be if you as a person aren't able to filter the messaging or have a parent household that's able to filter this messaging that's coming to you, you're going to end up down the road somewhere, somewhere you don't need to be. So to Tron point, I agree with the a lot of the music. It's relatable for everyone. Now, to Eric, your point was it's not motivational. And I disagree with you on that point. So pretty much I agree, disagree and agree with both of y'all. But to your point, I only graduated, I, I ain't said this before, I only graduated college because of Jesus. Dead ass serious. Yo, like, he's, not, he no cap. yo. That, Boy, no cap, I'm dead ass serious, bro. The only reason I was in class every day because I was like, if this nigga Let's sells get drugs it. in the same clothes for three days, ain't no reason why I can't fucking study in the three o'clock of the night. Dead ass, that's the only reason I graduated college because young Jesus. So it's like, you just got to be able to hear the shit and then, like, know how it applies to right. you. And, and this, this is the thing. Everybody makes that argument that my argument is not for the nigga that's that's and and it's it's not for the nigga that that has a strong enough mind to to filter that. I know that as humans, most people want to be followers, like in nature, like people want to be servants, like they want to find a thing to serve that's why religion is as popular as it is right and that's why people people can will find follow things blindly so like my my gripe is always from speaking using my voice to speak for people who can't who the, the it's i'm always going to call it a problem because yes I can listen to trap music and I can filter it off. But because I know that I can do that, I also know that there's a, a, a number of people that can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Then that's your point. That's your point that I agree no. with too, because yeah. we know the chakra is op being opened up or this window or this, this communication line is being opened up by this music. But we also know that a lot of people tend to be 
impoverished people or people who can't necessarily have two parents in the household, one parent in the household to filter that messaging that comes out. So yeah, it is fun, you know what I'm saying, WAP and whatever all you know what I'm saying. Oh man, that shit, um, hot girl, all oh, that shit is cool. Alone, or or kill kill a nigga, fuck a nigga, all that shit, all that shit is cool. But I, I brought my knife. Think about it. At its inception, rap music has always been about either being extremely good at something or being extremely motivated on your goals. Point blank. Period. So that's why I feel like a lot of times rap music get a bullshit ass take because it's like it ain't no other music in the world. Because country music, if we're gonna talk about it, country music is about being happy about where the fuck you are. Like I ain't got shit, but I'm happy. Country music is about being happy. Like rap music is about being motivated and and, and going some, hard. Some like, rap music is about motivated, but all like you can't color the whole name, genre. Name, name a rap song. Go ahead. Yeah, I Go, mean, finish your question. In in its simplest form, he's kind of right because even if the song has, even if the song, let's say it's a BS song, like it's talking about having sex with women and 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 doing drugs, the motivation. Is the mo is the feeling of ecstasy that you get from? <laughs> have, have okay, that, all right, you celebrating, bro? That's fine. You celebrate. Let's let's okay. Celebrate, celebrate from all your hard so, work. So so I, I don't know if y'all watch. Y'all know who the comedian Black Ron is, right? Do y'all yeah, know who know that Black is? Ron. Yeah. Okay, Black Ron just did a show. Like it, it was maybe it might have been a while ago, but he broke down the song Beatbox, right? And we, oh no! And, and we we it's it's dancing to you know it became a big TikTok thing. That song is about being a fucking sh- a killer. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that song is about yeah. killing niggas. Yeah. Like what's the motivation in that? What? Let's go to Pooh Shiesty. Pooh Shiesty got get get it back in blood. I hate hearing that song, right? Because it's like that. There's there is there's a there's rap music that's dead there's no like you can try to spend it spin it into being motivational or like like um it and you know about being making money or getting out of, but there's literally music right now that people die over you know what i'm saying like that they put out because you know rap music is this this genre where you can get out the hood but they they're rapping about things and they attract the energy that they rap about like like you know no shots at young Dolph. i i rp rest in peace like this man this man got shot at a hundred times made a song about getting shot at a hundred times and and talked about like you know, essentially talking from his ego and he got killed. It's like, there's, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm, it's just, there's a part of music that of, of hip hop music that we can't just keep coloring as motivation. Like that shit need to be called what it is. And like, it shouldn't be cool anymore because a lot of these young artists are making this type of music and actually dying in real life. They're not well, just, so, die, or they're going to jail what, and being in jail in real life. So it's like, you know. What, so go, so what I, was, what I was saying was, and I, I, I 100% agree with you. I do what, too. What I was trying to say is motivation, whether good or bad. That's what I was saying. I, I got you. I, and, and, I, and I totally agree with you because I feel like when we was growing up, um, the when we was growing up, the we had the same type of music 
now. Yes, sir, Ermy. Yeah, yeah, we feel you. We had the same type of music now that we had when we was growing up. The only difference is, I feel like the airwaves and the television waves filtered it for us. Like, you know what I'm saying? We had the Uncle Luke's. We had the 69 Boys. We had Tag Team. Don't stop. But that's not all you Tag heard team. 24-7. You know what right. I'm saying? MC, MC Hammer got airplay. Right, like, right, right, play right, got right, right. Like, you know what I'm saying? They make sure that you had a well-versed, well-balanced diet. And right now, I feel like... Shout out to all the PDs. Music only give you... As you said, the top three or the what they want you to hear, the trash stuff. And that's not being trash. And that's all that's all I was saying. Like that's the oppression that I'm I'm calling out that comes with hip hop right now. It's like it's, be, it's a lot of oppression in hip hop. Because you could you but like you, wanna, you made a valid ass point. Like kid and play was popular when Uncle Luke was popular. Like they MC the Hammer MC Hammer was, was, was happening when NWA was popular. And like as and like MC Hammer was probably more popular. It's it and they was, went on tour together. Right. <laughs> like there there was more room for quote unquote corny rap you know what i'm saying or or like fun rap then diverse it, rap diverse rap i, I ain't calling i, I want to be clear i don't think mc hammer was corny i don't think tag team was corny like them shits was like i wonder who you was calling corny out of them no i, was like, I wasn't oh, calling them corny. i'm saying like if 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 you put that music out now in the court of public opinion now i think they will call that corny Bro, we got dance songs all day. We in Atlanta. What are you talking about? <laughs> but these MC Hammer was a- everywhere. It wasn't just in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. was that was on the that was that was worldwide music. Like if you look at MC Hammer and and, and Kid and Play, they had movies. They had yeah. TV shows, cartoons. They did commercials. Uh, go watch Adam's Family too. During the credits, you will see MC Hammer dancing yes. with Cousin It. Yes. You know what I'm bro, they right. call My- they this genre calls Drake lame. They they disrespect now. Now Drake is popular, right? You're going to extremes right here, right now. I, I want to say this. I feel <laughs> you. I want to go. I want to say this. What I'm saying is, is you're upset because I'm they not have upset. gangsters rap. They they got gangsters. Not upset, but you're you're disagreeing or uh contrary to my belief because they have gangsters rapping and then also so that's one thing the next thing you're upset is you people the masses like to hear gangsters rapping but the thing is no matter what people enjoy drama they just don't understand that everything you do is twofold if i watch it i'm gonna receive it right so that's just like reality television that's just like all these like everything is like it's it's based line entertainment right you know what but, i'm saying it's like reality tv is the same shit so why did why and all this shit i get you but why did why did why don't we have an mc hammer right now if people aren't being programmed to to think that only one form of music is cool right there the people like gangster rap back then people like oh uh, pe- you got man you got a uh, duke deuce and block boy jb both of them niggas is dancing their ass off in every fucking song they make. Yeah, dancing, they just have name to be name name that's more than selling. name one more than one Duke Do song. Name more oh, than one Block Boy JB song. 
I, I got you a Duke Deuce. He got Crunk Ain't Dead, and then he got Crunk Ain't Dead remix. I love that shit, though. I love I love Duke Deuce. I can't, I can't, I don't know the name of the songs. He I'm just saying, like, dead and then the other one. I'm the, just uh, saying, like, he came out. With the uh, yeah, shit you stumbling to try yeah. to, to name right now. <laughs> no, nah, it's just I, I can name two of them. He got the yeah, I rob simple. Yeah, What's the but name of the song? Like one one of the songs oh I really God. love in the song Quicksand. I love Quicksand by Maury. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bruh, yeah. But if you listen to the lyrics, I'm like, I can't I can't associate with none of this stuff. I got nine to five. I got a wife and kid. You know what I'm saying? Hey, right. that dude. But that that's to my point. It could sound like that. You see what I mean? It's like Moray saying the same shit, but it just sound different. So that that's that's the vibrational portions that we talking about. But the messaging is still the same bullshit, and it's hard. Y'all wanting messaging, and y'all wanting high level vibration and high level music, but we normally don't have that in hip hop. We get that every now and that's then, and true. they don't let us get that. I get that. I that get that it is. It's that way now. Like it has been morphed into that way now. Like. Run DMC like, like um freaking LL Cool J like that that was I would say that was high vibrational music like uh, yeah, it was LL Cool J low key was he Drake before Drake nah and I know y'all y'all disrespectful with that but he low key was gangster music <laughs> nah Mama, he Drake before Drake Mama said knock you out bad like <laughs> low like uh was it. But that's that was that's real that's real motivational music right there. Bad, like nigga, I'm bad. You know what I'm saying? I ain't. I, I'm. That's. I feel what you're saying, Napoleon. But you 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 gotta take off your cape for for hip hop and just. You, that, I, <laughs> I, I I know you. I, I love hip hop too, man. But I'm gonna call a nigga on that shit too. I I, yeah. I I I celebrate the good parts of hip hop. I'm just saying, like, I can't. I can't. For me, there's room for improvement, right? And I can't tell, I can't not tell you that there's room for improvement. I, right, I don't, so I don't. We, we, I, we could talk about this all day, and I don't. And I, I no, I take that back. I do mean to cut you off because <laughs> <laughs> we, oh. I, I, I saw the rabbit hole digging up. We can talk about this all day. We got to talk about the projects. We got gas, and I feel like you got another project on the way or, or already out. Yeah, we got two projects out right now. We remixed some of the guys. But I did want to um, highlight on what y'all were saying. So I think there's a really fat, and there's like a twofold, maybe threefold layer reason why we all feel the way we feel about the music. I, at the very core of hip hop, it's still relatively still writing a story, right? And when that's happening, the people who are in charge of it, we're going to fund it to kind of dictate the narrative, as we all talked about. Yeah. So when you talk about the LL Cool J's era, hip-hop was just really figuring out how to really make hip-hop music. Because before then, it was still kind of the DJ with the kind of like the call and response, right? So LL Cool J was the definitive rapper at that time. He was kind of what Jay-Z became. Like, you can give him Drake with the love song, but like he was the definitive rapper because he was the one to really make rap stand out along with DMC. So the point of gangster music and like how now it's kind of more demeaning and um, negative and how gangster music then was still that, but still somehow was uplifting and positive. I think it's just like when Pauline saying is the reception, but also there's so many filters now to where it gets received in different ways to where 
the way I received a Duke Deuce song could be from a viral video, somebody getting fucked, um, getting beat up or yeah. getting shot at, compared to me seeing the video of um, Boys in the Hood and understanding what they're about. There was limited forms of media with the music to where the music had to make sure it represented itself properly on the first try. So yeah. where now it's like we use many forms of media to where now it gets kind of diluted in what we're trying to receive, but it's all attention to the music. So it works to the favor of the business aspect, but to the reception of the hip hop fan and connoisseur or just uh, listener, everyone's perspective can be blurred by that. Yeah. And I think to that degree of it being like negative to like the younger masses, which is it's truly aimed at is like the 18 and younger, really 16 and younger, those people are still getting to the point of figuring their identities and they may affiliate with something because of how captivating they're finding it, but they're not understanding what it's about. Right. And that's what we're getting we're getting at now, I feel like. Got you. No, that, that's a really, really great point. And uh yeah, you lit damn, you was listening the whole time. This man just literally like spoke to it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like spoke hey, that's that to a lot of man things, stuff. added to the conversation. What? It's it's convoluted though. Man stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's convoluted because like day by day you feel one way, you want to appreciate it, but then like we live in a time where it's like it's so hard to appreciate things you like without having to recognize the negative behind it and give that understanding. Otherwise you're kind of complying with the negativity more than you just actually enjoying something or right. just kind of consuming something. So we, it's hard. And as an artist, I feel like we have, back to your original point of pressure, we have to keep those things in mind way more now than then because there's so much on the line trying to make money. But if that's what you're trying to do, then those things are, are going to be of importance. Got you. So now, if you're trying to be an artist, it's about, about your art. And that's but some important things about what you're trying to convey, and that's up to you. So, how do you deal with that personally? You know what I'm saying? Like, how? I, I, what do you think define whether or not you wanted to be an artist that make money or an artist that makes art? Your your idea of art. I um originally felt like. I, I feel like this. I've always understood that value of working. I, I learned, and I just had to understand that. I guess me getting into making music, I was never like, I'm going to be the biggest rapper ever, the hot rapper ever. I'm not saying I don't consider myself talented. It's just I understood there's a bigger picture I play. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's always been about the bigger picture. I, I'm a communitarian-based type of person to where I'm like, I'm always thinking about the greater good about things. So I'm never going into it like, yo, it's about me. And, like you said to your point about the ego and hip hop, you have to be ego driven enough to be number one or to be top. Yeah, like yo, F the rest is about me. You feel me? And when it's on you, it's on you. You got to keep it on you no matter what. So to, my, to that point, it's always been about the art form for me because that's when I make the best music. I feel I've, when I, I've been in okay, so I've been in positions in both positions. That's why I understand both sides. So to the original point about the young smalls and all that stuff, I was in a group called Fourth Quarter. And this is before I became a Tron Saga and all that stuff. And we actually got signed. So I was already signed like a long time ago. This is not bragging. It's already on us. Right? This is like right before streaming. This is like in high school. Like my second year in Morehouse, we had got signed. So we had went from making music for the fun of it, learning how to rap, getting, and this is in New York, this is happening. Getting accreditation, getting the claim. We go on to Soho, we doing shows. We're not even sure, we just going around because people are hearing music on SoundCloud and, and um, Facebook. Then fast forward, we meet this guy who knows. Is his name Cool Keith? Is that who it is? Like 
Cool Keith, is that the artist or the DJ? You know who that is? Yeah. Cool so Keith. he met somebody through, yeah, Cool Keith put up with somebody named Kaiser. And Kaiser basically did a compilation project. And he was like, he put his on there. And that's when I got my first, that was my first song that's trying to song on, on my own because I was in Morehouse and I couldn't come back to New York to do the project. So this is when we did, we had that piff and all that stuff. So we did like 50,000 on that piff. It was on the top of the page. And I feel like during those days, it was, it's easy to manipulate, but it's not as easy as it is now. So somehow, some way, it's, it got received. At that point, they offered us a deal. They offered us a deal and all this stuff, and we got signed. Now, mind you, I'm still in school. I'm a, I'm a sophomore. I'm watching this time. So I'm not even thinking of this stuff, but we got signed with some record deal or whatever. And um, we got to the second part, and we had to do another project. Now, this is when we're going to finally get a streaming on iTunes and all that stuff. And we're going to get a stream and all this stuff, and we're going to get the proceeds. We're going to get like a dollar. 29 or each song sell by some type of industry, you know, 360 deal that was gonna happen, right? Um, and it was a it was a group, a group of deal, label deal. So we were all in a group and it fell apart because money, you know, it came to the part where it was like we went from being so pure in our game game, we didn't even make real money yet, but we saw we knew it was coming and then everything is filtered in everybody else's needs at once filtered in. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's a always a possibility. But again, we live in a we live in a world where we have to provide and take care of each other, take care of ourselves. So money is a is a tool we need to do those things to navigate through those issues and those problems. And when you get the idea of something as a lucrative career as hip hop or music, and you start seeing that okay, y'all saw that paperwork, they're talking about percentages, where's the money at? And it fell apart. And that's when I left. I didn't leave fourth quarter, but fourth quarter pretty much dissolved in like 2017. And then I made mean, my like label and brand. And I just strictly kept it off the idea of collaboration and, and just growing our form. I never really charged for nothing. I never like paid charge for a feature, none of that stuff. Like I just make music. And the money I make typically, like I make the money from just putting out the music, but I'm not saying I need to sell hella records just to get print, like, you know, run it up. It's just like I'm putting it out there, this is what I'm feeling. I feel like this is what one needs to hear, and I go from there. Gotcha. So what was it like getting a deal? Like it was cool. Like, it was fun. Because, you know, I'm sure as an artist, you know what I'm saying, everybody makes some kind of music. Like, even if you're not in it for the money, like, to say you had a deal is like, even if you don't make it to the top of rap Mount Rushmore, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's a lot of people that's trying to make music that want to make get a deal, like, that want to at least say they had a deal like what was that feeling like when you you got it like do you feel it like was it surreal came? because go ahead go ahead go ahead i'm sorry i'm sorry go ahead, no, no, go ahead. you was about to say something good go ahead <laughs> it was surreal because at first you just like you just doing it because it's with your people's it keep you know y'all together life is going to happen around y'all but y'all have the music you know what i'm saying and that's just what it was really defined for us. So like how Napoleon defends hip hop, like that's, I'm I'm really a hip hop scholar and nerd I, in terms of like, I just really love the lore of hip hop, history of hip hop. So to be a part of it to where I'm meeting people like the cool kids and getting, and mixing with the artists that I listen to or read about or watch interviews or seeing them on movies like backstage and stuff to start seeing them and meeting them. And then now I'm in that actual industry and getting signed. It's like a, a flip of a switch. Now everything is different. And then this the allure like you know at that time i was like really heavy on twitter and stuff so i we had people i shouted out the, the label and all stuff the perception of you changes as well like you know now it's like okay you're signed so like 
with this and how you're doing that. So I don't take it as pressure. I just took it as it was more like you have to understand that your light is it might be more of a pinpoint or your scope is heightened now because you're at a different level of what you're doing. And, you know, it was cool because it just motivated me to make better music and to really realize that this can be real. Because at first, like I said, I didn't think of it as I'm going to get signed, you know, do 20 years. Like, oh, my homie's rapping, I'm around the room. Which is typically everyone's approach to this at some point in time. <laughs> you know, simply how it goes. We would just, we would just talk and we was kicking the shit and we just rapped, you know, but to, and how talented those brothers were and how well, like we went from like, like we went from making like YouTube videos on Facebook, get, just making high school songs. So getting signed, it was just like, you just watch the unsungs, you watch the videos of the, the groups who made it, you'd be like, dude, that's crazy. And then it happens, you're like, oh, this is really how it happens. Everyone says it in interviews, it just happened out of nowhere. You know, everyone says that it just happens out of nowhere. And that's really what it was. I'm literally in my dorm room in Purdue Hall, Swan, I mean, Purdue Hall, oh, yeah, get, a, Purdue. Get, a, get the email and the text, yeah, this is it, we on. The, TD, uh, record with, the label was TDS Records, they, they signed us. I'm in. I'm literally in my dorm, like doing his homework and, and like shit. And we getting signed. You feel me? It's crazy. It's crazy, man. So another thing that's crazy, I gotta ask you about this. Fondworth Bentley. My God. Killer Mike. Canton Jones, and Guru. How do it feel to have your name associated with those artists? Guru went to Morehouse. Guru went to Morehouse. I read about that too. I read about that. You know, um, it's funny. Majority of people I, I follow, I like this follow throughout the culture of hip hop. So I think it's an honor. I think it's an honor, man. I, and that's another thing about like how I'm so, why I came back to Atlanta. Like I go back and forth, but why he came back here is like, is there something about this that understanding that you're part of the foundation of thing of people who have made waves and something that is larger than life at this point? You know, it's a way of life. You know, hip hop is a actual lifestyle culture. It's like almost kind of like a you know a faith to some people. You know, so some people who have made those strides and those sounds to where people lives and are, are motivated and you know who live by those things. You know, I just want to make sure I make my mark. When I, my, my mark is left, that I did something that is uh, um, you know not just important but meaningful to the world, or you know to as impactful but in a meaningful way, not just to say, oh, I, I did this. Y'all can never do that. Nothing like that. It's more like I did this and the world recept received it in their own way and is remembered, you know, in a way that is meaningful. So, so I appreciate that. I got a question for you. So being a kid from New York, you grew up in New York, right? Yeah. Spot. What, what, you mind if sharing what borough, what part or something like that? Yeah, know. the Bronx. The Bronx. All right. So, oh, okay. So you grew up in the Bronx. I grew up right by the park where hip hop started. Right, right. So you grew up in the Bronx, right. and now you find yourself in Atlanta. Completely different time frames and all that good stuff. But um, like I say, it's it's culture, and then it's hip hop culture. So how do you find yourself navigating like some of the scene or just some of the conversations here? Because like our point of references are completely different. Like for us, we might be like, man, Kilo Ali was fire, bro. And then you like, <laughs> Kilo Ali, who the fuck is? You probably learned about Kilo Ali when you enrolled in Morehouse, probably like the third year. Like, cause it's not even, you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like what coming in and having a different type of ear, 
how does that you feel like mold your sound the interesting thing about my um approach to music was when i was in new york i was listening to more southern rappers and west coast rappers than hip-hop than new york rappers so it was really interesting because like I, I, like i said before i would travel back and forth between new york and um, Atlanta in the summertime with my grandmother lived there so this is when you were burning cities and stuff so my aunt and my uncle would burn cities so i would have like Ali, i would have jeezy on there that's why you were talking about jeezy in school like i was taking the greyhound between atlanta and new york listening to motivation you know what I'm saying like going through that ti so that like that's what i was into so like again that's the point of how i made, how i received it I, I i understood it was trap but it was like something about it was just like inspiring you feel me but how i navigate through like the code switching stuff like that is i i think being from new york because I have a I have a lot of friends who will like literally hit me be like yo what does this word mean like for example let's go with the word dub <laughs> Not, like for real like this is a legit story like I had I remember one time on the phone with somebody and they called me he was like yo what does the word dub mean I'm like what do you mean like nah I know it means twenty dollars or you know a sack but no like someone's called me a dub why am I why am I a dub <laughs> No. Why, am I, why am I a dub? I was like, who called you a dub? It was like, this is what happened. And then they just said I was a dub. And I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if to be a fender or not. I'm like, all right, so look, it, a dub can mean, you know, a dance. It can mean, like I said, $20. It can mean a sack. It can mean also, like, you know, you just you overweight. I'm not rocking with you. It was like, so they mean, like, messing with me. They call me a dub. I'm like, yeah, like, yo, why does New Yorkers have so many terms for different words? I'm like, yo, you just either know or you don't. Like you either know how to insert <laughs> it or you don't, because some words you'll you'll hear it and you just don't know how to use it, and that's just how New York is. We just make up terms, we create lingo, we borrow lingo, and apply it in different ways, and you just gotta apply it to the conversation. I don't know, right? So I get to Atlanta, and you know, <laughs> you get to Atlanta, and I think just the pace being slowed down allowed for me to really understand the way of life to where like I embraced it more. Like I like I embraced. Atlanta culture so like organically because it just made sense. I felt like at home at a sense where it was like, all right, I, I, I'm on par with them. And it's like, I just like soaked it in. Like, I didn't try coming with the New York. I'm like, no, let me, me not cap. When I first came to Atlanta, I was on that New York. This is New York. Da, da, da. And then like, I heard Future, bro. And when I heard Future, I was like, no. I, I thought I wasn't gonna like Atlanta music that much because I was I was like 17, 18, I think at that point in time was like who was hot at that time? I don't know, twenty of you know like New York, but maybe like I think it was like French, Rocky. It was a bunch of people who were hot, but it wasn't like James. Uh, okay. Yeah, New York went through a little drought. New York went through a little drought. It was it was during the drought. It was during the drought, right? So I get get to the land in the drought, but then I was still like, no, nah, it's New York, New York, because like that was the thing about going to college. You know, you had to still rep where you're from before you understand yeah, where you right. at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're from there, like people and the people who are from Atlanta who are in AUC, like they're so cool because they didn't know where everything was, and they knew what was going on, and I just felt felt secure knowing that I wasn't getting led astray or to my death. You know what I'm saying? It was like people were like, yo, this is what's happening here. You going to this club for this party? Why are you going to this club? This is what's going on here. I'm like, how do you know this? You go to school here. I live here. I'm like, oh, right. You do live here. You know, and you just hear things and learn things and just get ingratiated in the culture and the actual city environment. And I, I've been here for like, what? It's been like 11 years now. You know, I ain't left. You know, and from there and to the music sphere, I was doing events also after I started making music in Atlanta. And that's when I started realizing, like, you know, how important the Atlanta culture was because I started seeing the ripples of when we would do things in Atlanta and how it would translate over. 
So it was just it was, it was really a humbling experience to really be a part of Atlanta and be a part of like the, you know, just the reintegration of Atlanta hip hop and the, the new heights that's taking it as being a part as an artist in Atlanta, you know, even though I'm from New York. So it was really cool. I support it 100. percent I'm really with it. Nah, that's real. That's real. That's real. I got another question. So yeah. how does your? I want to know about your creative, uh, creative process. But I do want to take away, and I think everyone in media should take away this thing. I have no idea why it's been lasting so long. About oh, I don't write. I just freestyle with Pro Tools. It's literally easier <laughs> to not write. <laughs> so like when people are like oh no, nah, I don't write. It's just like. That's one thing I get it. It's cool, but you know, fl flying a hook and all that stuff is it was really easier with the technology we got now. So, like your creative process, do you like to you know listen to the beat or do you have like do you do you write? Do you have like raps? I know sometimes people just have like 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 lyrics in their head and then they put them on a beat or how does that? What does your creative process look like? Mm. So mainly, I would say I I I, I write things out but not in like a rap form. I just write things. And I would write like different lines or different things that will come to my head or I would hear. Like I will like take quotes and build around them. I, I'm more like literal before I get into the rapping. But then there's times where like I also will work with certain producers and we'll do like just freestyles. And I'll do like three takes of it. We'll go back to it and then I'll transcribe it and write it. Like so it all depends on the setting I'm in and my type of environment. But I like to um, create from the whole process of like listen to the beat, try to create the melody or the, or the cadence, and then take that cadence, add words to the cadence, build from there, write it rhymes, write rhymes, or if it's something that is like being brought to me, and I hear the beat, I can already hear myself rapping a certain like verse that I may have not used, I can also do that. Like Gaz, to the point about the project, Gaz was a combination of those things. It was like, there was some songs on there that I already um, had concepts down for for like years like i'm talking like three four years maybe five years and like i've and i didn't just couldn't get, get certain people on the songs or i didn't know who to get on the songs at one point in time i wasn't collaborating with people because i was like i'm gonna do it myself or i'm gonna do it with people it was just a whole bunch of uh artist things going on but like some of the songs i freeze out and then from there i built and went back and recreated from like how it went down and a lot of them I wrote like a lot of I wrote verses and hooks. Like I'll write the hooks and the bridges and then bring the features on or have some people recite some of the, the verses that I wrote and then they add on. So I'm more on like the composer spare of how I approach music to where I want to make sure I compose the entire song, not just the verse or the hook. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. I, I will say that uh, in, your, in your studio process, you take not necessarily credit, but you listen. You listen to the because when we was I was there when he recorded. Uh, was it Jet Li, Chun Li? What's yeah, it was Jet Li. We did, we did Jet Li. Yeah, we did Jet Li. Yeah. So I was there when you recorded Jet Li, and I was like, "Hey, man, do this," and he did it. And in my opinion, I think it made the song 115 times better. You know, just shit, no, just yeah. 115. Just 115 percent. My humble opinion. Yeah, no, nah, I was hard. <laughs> yeah, we was in there. We was in there. So, man, that's what uh, it's about, man. Like, you can't be scared of collaboration. Also, you know, in your running time to where it's very finicky to where you want to collaborate because some people may come around, hey, man, I did that. And like and like Eric's point about the ego and the pride, like some people, it's not because they're egotistical or they're prideful. It's just they're so used to having people trying to 
hamper their success or hamper their gratification because they feel like they shouldn't. And that's our problem as a culture, which comes down to race and all that stuff. But, you know, it's like hip hop is our culture that is of us. And we have this problems where we're kind of in a sense of kind of eating each other, if you will, because you can't be better than me, but you can be good, you know. And that hampers the collaborative process, which is how Kendrick made it to Pink Butterfly, because we're we're too we're too much caught up in trying to be better than each other, and so and it's hard to want to collaborate because someone may have ill intentions just to get the collaboration from you, you know. Right, so right. that's why guys are so important to me because that's when everyone was so organic with collaboration because it wasn't about making money; it was about we like making music together, we make music together. Let's put it out. Let's do something. Okay. Uh, I got a question. Well, I, not a question, but well, I do got a question. What's that thing? I don't know if it's called a crucible, but I do feel like black people are always put themselves in a crucible no matter what. Like if you get three black people that do the same thing, one of them got to come out alive on top and then the other two going to be dead. And it's just like very much. I don't know what I, to your point as is what I'm saying. I think it's a crucible, but it's that it's like every yeah. time. Yeah. It's but, more than one person that does this. We feel like Highlander. Yeah. It, it can only be one. That's what <laughs> happens when you get put in the projects, bro. <laughs> like that's that's, that's what happens when you <laughs> get put it. in the trap, bro. Like because it's like you're in a trap. Somebody has to make it out. You know what I'm saying? Like they, what they say? Two two kids make out the hood. They say, "Is it out of every kid, eight children only two make it out the project?" Something like that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't know the exact number, it's, but that's yeah, something like that. Yeah, and it's like so that mentality, like, it really shapes. It shapes so much of our culture. I think we're moving away from that now. And, and and that's one of the things that I love about Atlanta because that's a reputation that we have is like collaboration, you know, like everybody respects the fact that Atlanta collaborates because like, I always use this analogy. Every time I talk about like, when people tell me, well, somebody else is already doing that, right? Like even coming from Columbus, that's a big mindset of ours in Columbus. I feel like we feel like you got to be the first person to do anything. And if, if somebody else is doing the same thing, they're your competition and like, it's not room for the, for both y'all to exist. But I always use this analogy. If you go to Pleasant Hill road in Duluth, Georgia, right? This is like, this is like Koreatown essentially, right? There, you can go into a shopping center and in one shopping center, and there's many shopping centers over there. There's the exact same type of restaurant. There can be three or four of them. There could be three or four bakeries in the same exact shopping center. And like these, these, these restaurants stay open. They don't close. You know, they got, it's, it's just proof that like you can exist in the same place as somebody else doing the same exact thing you do if you believe that but in our mindset it's like oh bro if you if you rap i can't you know what i'm saying i gotta outdo you or i gotta kill you or not even kill you like literally but like you know I, but like i gotta make sure i'm you know i'm better right. you, know, you know i'm better than you and then you know because slave is my north star too you know, you think about the Mandingos, <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying the, <laughs> the fight. That's like, what I was gonna say. Yeah, 
It's yeah. like we've been we've been conditioned, and in and, and especially in this country, country, it ain't even just a a black thing. It's majorly a black thing, but like you think about all when it comes to entertainment, there's always a competition show. They found a way to make a competition out of bakery. You know what I'm saying? Of that's your fire. <laughs> like your there's fire. there everything is built on competition because it's it's entertaining, but like, I feel like people allow that to bleed more into their lives than it should. You know what I'm saying? And like their lifestyle than it should. And again, to bring it back to the point earlier, like that shit is dangerous for us. You know, like when you tell, when you a person from the hood of the streets and you tell another dude from the hood of the streets, I murder you. Like there's a very thin line between whether or not you're saying that, in rap competition in real life and like that shit plays out in real life like is, is that a metaphorical murder or <laughs> right because it's like i ain't even gonna take you know what i'm saying nigga from the street like i ain't gonna take my chances you said you was gonna murder me i got to kill you or i got to you know what i'm saying like right, right. it's a dangerous game for us because it's it's bred into how we survive like at, in large numbers in our in our community, like to go back to the trap, you know what I'm saying? To the projects and all of this shit, somebody got to get out of that hole, you know? And it's a lot of niggas in that hole that want you to stay in that hole because they make money off of you being in that hole. Like that's you, I might need you to do some shit here so that I can get out this hole. Like, you know, it's... it's you you just said a statement that was so true and I and I ain't gonna lie, I felt seen. So I was I was rapping while at Morehouse my freshman year. I you know, I just knew I was gonna get a deal and quit school, buy my mama house, whatever. Uh and we used to go to Clark's they have the promenade or the strip and we used to battle right. at night. And so, you know, I battled a couple times and of course I won. Um and the one time I kind of lost. This man, hold I, up, hold up. This man just said, of course I won. I'll just go let that slide. Let I'm, stuck slide. On the, I'm still truth? stuck on the kind of loss. The one time I kind of lost. Where was the L? Yeah, what was the kind of L? One time I kind of lost. It was like I was coming back from the library. Uh saw a guy. We battled. He had 15 of his homeboys with him, and I was by myself. So no matter what I said, it was trash to them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I need an entourage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Life hack. Yeah, it, it's real talk. Right. It's real talk. It's, it, that's what I learned quick that day. I was like, dang, you know, I need me some friends. <laughs> but uh, but I battled this guy in a dormitory and lost. Real talk. Lost. Completely lost. And I quit rapping. I was like, well, dang, he got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, like. In my mind, it can only be one. Right, that's it. Yeah, yeah. now, nah, nah, the the margin for error for us, and that's like again, that's what I kind of we talked about this multiple times, man. Like, we have to embrace black mediocrity. Like, yeah, mediocrity is the is the way. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> mediocrity, not trash. We are not embracing black trash. Right, right. Yeah, mediocrity. Mediocrity is the new success. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I mean, we, until <laughs> it becomes the success, like you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> we will, we will, we will cut off some shit, like and and completely move 
you know what I'm saying? Like from from doing something because we not the best from the day we walk in the room. You know what I'm saying? And and like life is about growth. Like that's the that's the thing. That's literally like the the main purpose of life is growing. Like when you're a baby, you don't just stay a baby. You grow the whole entire your whole entire life. You're growing. So like when it comes, like we just have to get away from that mindset. You know, like where it's like, oh, I gotta be, I gotta be like the best the day I start doing some shit. And like, and of course there are some people that, that are not affected by that. Cause it, the, you know, there, everything is a spectrum. You're going to have people that's going to be great. Cause like Michael Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Like he didn't make the JV team. Right. And that nigga became the greatest basketball player of all times, you know, that, but I guarantee you there's some people that arguably, that, yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> arguably, arguably, there, there are go. some people that don't respond to that. You know what I'm saying? There, I'm, I guarantee. What well, because Michael Jordan is like, um, he's an, an anomaly. anomaly. That motherfucker's that, yeah. yeah, he's an anomaly because there's a one lot of one. people people that I'm sure that didn't get picked for the JV team and just didn't play basketball no more. Like they was Give like, I ain't, I ain't gonna do this shit no more. Look, Twan looking like, damn, bro, you telling me I shouldn't have stopped rapping? I would have been the next nigga. I would have been that nigga today yeah. if I didn't stop rapping. Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's, that's what I'm telling you, Twan. Like, Shit. Yeah, bro, I saw... like the path I'm down because, you know, I'm doing this podcast for so you guys, you know. <laughs> you know just a humble guy to have any fans. That whole rock star lifestyle, I want for me, man. You know, I, got, I got a beautiful wife, you know what I'm saying? This is the path for me. <laughs> respect. Respect. Hey, I love it, man. The man quick, man. I can yeah. see why he's good at them freestyle things. Yeah, man. Used to hey. be. I'm trash now. now I do I do got another question for uh Toronto. Like, I know we were talking about medioc mediocrity and mid and things of that nature, but it did have me think, what is the best grade of marijuana that you've ever had? <laughs> if you can either <laughs> If you can remember the name of it, or if you can remember, like, oh, I was with my homeboy, and not, I'm not saying no name or nothing. Like, I don't know. However, you want to do it, because that say telling your right. homeboy that got the best weed. Right. Yeah, that didn't sound right. I don't know. Maybe pause that. But you feel me? Like the best grade. They was in Cali when they were smoking, so it's legal there. Continue. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Yeah. So. I was just talking about this the other day with some homies about who um or active people in Cali who um, are growers. The best grade I've had was it was called Funky Bitch. Funky Bitch. <laughs> Funky Bitch. It was crazy. And I was icy in the West Coast making music. So I went to the studio like, yo, like my mom, it, it was like, I want to say 30% THC, I want to say something like that, 29. And then I was like, we looked up the, like the facts about it. It was like euphoria. 47% creativity, 64%. I'm like, look at this. I'm going to rap so good today. I'm going to rap so well because Funky Bitch got me. And I was like the best. I was in Portland when I was doing this. Like, it was like so cool. And then there was like another time I could feel like something, some type of like ultimate sativa. It was like called Crystal something. Like, not Crystal, I, I was, was it? Nah, it was like, it was like called like, some type of like ultimate sativa, right? And it was like so, so pure. I smoked it. I'm like, yo, like, I can't, I can't explain this high, but it was so euphoric. And I spoke to somebody else and I left them the rest of it. And they're like, yo, 
I haven't touched that blunt in like a in like a week because it's so strong. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it there because it was so strong. I'm like, wow. And I never found it again, also. It was weed, but I never found it again. All right, quick follow-up question. Do you rap high or you rap sober? And which one is better if you do both? I freestyle high, I make music sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can do either or. Um, but I like to like when I'm working on the process, I'll probably um just go in there sober and try to make the music from there. And then like if I'm like just working on concept and stuff, I'll just smoke and like go from there. But like trying to like actually craft it, I typically tend to be sober and then getting into like basically afterwards so I can focus on creating music. Got you. Yeah, I I go in the God mode when I'm high and I'm freestyling. Hey, I see, I don't really smoke like that no more. But back back, <laughs> back in my day, you know my heydays, uh, your boy done dropped some hot fire while he was high. I see what you did there. The heyday in the middle of the bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. hey, any 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 of my homeboys got final thoughts that y'all want to talk about? Man. I just say do what you love, man. Even if you mediocre, even if you mediocre at it, just keep doing that shit. Practice makes permanent. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will say, man. I just want to, you know, give a shout out to Tron Sagas, Golden Age Saga, aka Gas, is out streaming everywhere. Uh, the melodic on title. Yeah, yeah, you find on title. The, the the voice on that intro will sound familiar. You know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> Mr. Lackland. Yeah, that's one of my favorite tracks, the intro. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of fun with that one. Just being humble. Yeah. Tron, you got any any final final thoughts? Oh man, this is great. I appreciate y'all having me. You know, it's been a long time coming, just getting some actual good interviews with some people so i appreciate it it's, this being the first uh like twan said golden age saga is out um plenty more music to drop this year more videos um and like i said do what you love man i'm doing what i love and it's trying to it's fruitful and it's showing me that it's fruitful and it's not about you know how how much you make it's about how much you love it and i'm loving what i'm doing and it's paying off so i shout y'all for having me and Subscribe to my homeboy's podcast. Follow, follow me, Tron Sagas. That's T R O N S A G A S on all platforms. Um, play more music. Navi Supreme HD coming soon. It's a wrap. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'll, I'll close this out with uh, I appreciate you once again, Tron. Uh, definitely like the 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 piece of work that I listened to as far as gas. Uh, it, it was dope. Um, I wanted to say, I think with the hip hop, since we talked about it so much and rap music, I do like, and it, and it goes well with the, um, I wouldn't necessarily put you in a drama genre or label you, but the YBN Cordays, the J Cole's, the big Sean's the like that we are evolving as a culture. So with that being said, Eric can't get upset all the time at these gangster rappers that just <laughs> turn up and be flossed out and all that stuff. We getting Man. more and more, you know what I'm saying? Good, good rappers. Good one time because they can actually rap and then yeah. two because they're not talking about the bullshit. 
Um, and you don't have to filter so much of their message to hear a good message. So, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I think it kind of worked out with you, us having this discussion with you on the pod. So, I mean, that's my final thought. Please uh, like, subscribe to our page. Listen to uh, Homeboy Tron uh, album. Leave a review on on our page, on his page. Yeah. Comment. Like, DM me. Let me know what you think, please. I'm always open to all critiques. Let me know what you think. You know, we only getting better. Not to cut you off, but yeah, hit me on Instagram, Twitter. Let me know what I think. Y'all hear it, and we can talk about it for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. Shout out your Instagram and Twitter. I know you said Tron Sagas, but you gotta you gotta do it. My Instagram is this. My my Twitter okay, okay. is this. My YouTube is this. My Black my Planet is this. My Black people <laughs> eat. Push the mingle, you feel me? My yeah. secret arrangements is X Y now. You can't roll off your tongue too quick. You might really have, hey. Hey. Might really have hey. one of them. Hey, listen, shout out all those young and old women out there. You feel me? We do what you love, ladies. But anyways, my Instagram is Tron Sagas. That's T-R-O-N-S-A-G-A-S. Sound how it spells. Instagram, Tron Sagas. Twitter, Tron Sagas. Uh, YouTube, we got the Jet Li video out there. That's Jet Li. Um, my YouTube, it should be at youtube.com. Tron Sagas as well. T-R-O-N-S-A-G-A-S. And, you know, um, that's pretty much where I'm at. You know, Instagram and Twitter mostly. Um, the music um, is on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Tron Sagas. I um, got plenty of albums. We got Gas. We got Love Tron, Planet Love Tron, Suprema, Voyager. Plenty of music to come also. But yeah, I'm everywhere. You type in Tron Sagas, you follow me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, we appreciate yes, you sir. So, man, I appreciate you having me. Hey, man. Yes, sir. And we, 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 hold on. We're going to do the. Yeah, All right. Man, this, this is my homeboy, Twan. <laughs> this is my homeboy, Eric, man. And this is my homeboy, Napoleon. And Without we him. are. We are. Good talking, John, bro. Appreciate it. Right,